Welcome to the 11th Principal Cast Podcast featuring Teresa Stagger with a crying baby in the back. He's four. Anybody wants him, let me know. Jessica Johnson, who is not here tonight, and myself, Spike Cook. You all know that people... Uh, the Principal Cast is a weekly roundtable discussion about current topics in education leadership. For more information on us, uh, please visit www.principalcast.com. There are many, many great ways to contact Principal Cast. Um, the first one I would say is teachercast.net slash YouTube. That will get you access to all the archives and all the videos that we've done. Follow the hashtag PrincipalCast on Twitter or follow us on Twitter at PrincipalCast. So, Teresa, looks like it's just you and I tonight. It's just us and Jacob. And Jacob. <laughs> Jacob is making another cameo. He's trying. So, uh, Teresa, tell us a little bit about what's been going on. Well, this week... Uh, we had a short week, just like everybody else did. We had two full days and then early dismissal day, um, followed by the holiday, like everybody else. And then uh, this coming week is our accreditation visit on Tuesday, which uh, is always horribly frightening. And then, uh, and then this is the end of my evaluation. The staff sent their um, evaluation comments to the. Uh, the priest, and he's going to do my evaluation. So it's kind of fun being on the other side of it, I guess. Pretty exciting. How do they evaluate you? Is there a like a rubric or some sort of? Uh... Yeah, we have an administrative rubric that the archdiocese um, um, gives us. We have to fill it out at the beginning of the year, just like the teachers do a development plan, and then um, and then uh, sorry, he's not stopping, and then uh, the teachers give. Um, feedback to him as well, and then he uh, and then he writes up the evaluation and sends it to the archdiocese. Cool. Sounds interesting. Yeah. So, um, what about you? Well, it it was a short week as well for for us, but um, a short week we had a lot of things going on. It was really cool. Uh, on Monday, we hosted Joe Joe Sanfilippo from Wisconsin. And he did a podcast and a book reading to our students. So the podcast he did was uh, for our fifth graders. And it was really cool because the fifth graders did some research on him and our superintendent, Dr. Dave Gentile. They read both of their blogs, and they went through and developed questions from there. And then they each got about three or four questions. We did a little bit of practicing. And then when Joe showed up, you know, the cameras were rolling. We had a, a one student uh, named Chase. He was he was the moderator. And I'll tell you what, it okay. went really well. I mean, we were just floored at the, the questions. And it's so funny because even uh, Joe and, and Dave both said the same thing. It's like, well, we got to be careful about what we write about because people really read these things. So right. I'll tell you, I... And I, I went back and I watched it again, and I was just floored. I mean, just the depth of the questions, you know, and it's just, it really ties in the 21st century learning. And in a sense, we kind of stumbled across it. I mean, we've done this before, but that time we had Jeff as a teacher cast. 
Right. So he was there helping us out. So this was my first go at it by myself. So Jeff's working on editing it and putting it on the TeacherCast channel. So I'm excited to, uh, to have our kids out there. And then he went into a first grade class and delivered enemy pie. It was amazing. Have you ever have you ever read that book? No. He delivered it. He didn't, you know, do what most people do is like they come up and they read it and they have, you know, the book and they're turning the pages. He delivered it. That is awesome. So we had a great, great time. Good. And how about uh, what's what's something awesome going on in your world? Um, something awesome we had today was our breakfast with Santa. It's an athletic booster fundraiser, and so they do a pancake breakfast with you know all the great stuff with the kids, and then we have a cookie walk, and we have like the Chinese raffle, you know, with the the bags and the tickets and all sorts of great stuff. And it was great. We ended up paying for the food by like in the first hour of the four hour. Um, span and then the raffles paid for themselves within think probably about the same time. So it's usually a pretty good fundraiser. It's real quick, but it was awesome. So that was something new for us. What about for you? The problem with doing the, the Chinese auctions, as they call them, is I never understand what they're saying because I don't know Chinese. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> Too much turkey this weekend. Too much turkey. Yeah. I would say... Um, we participated in the Millville Holiday Parade on mm -hmm. Friday. Now, this was my first go at being in a float uh, for our school. And it came of an idea of our, P our PBIS aide came up with it a few weeks ago and said, oh, it wouldn't be a cool idea just to have a float. So this parade, I had no idea what was going on because normally during that time I'm traveling or, you know, with family. And this week... Uh, we, we stayed home for Thanksgiving. So I was like, well, I can okay. do this. So I go down there, and I'm telling you, there are tractor trailers uh, decorated. There, I mean, there was people everywhere. It was a huge, huge event. And it's funny because we had this little itty-bitty you know, trailer that was decorated by the kids. I mean, it looked like an elementary school right. float. And I'm looking at these other people have lights, and they have all kinds of music going on. It was really pretty fun. That's so cool. we did that. And the kids, it was our student leaders and our our um, safety patrol kids, and they just they just had a great time. Okay. I'm trying to explain in the chat room to Craig what a Chinese auction is. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, and it's so weird that we don't have another name for that by now. I know. I know, it's weird. I never even knew that that was the... Oh man, sorry about the feedback. I don't know if they're getting. Are, are they feedback. hearing that feedback? Jeff, are you on still? Okay. Everything, everything right. okay? No, we've got some crazy feedback going on. Crazy feedback right now. I don't know if they're hearing it or not. I was noticing that from uh, when it was just you and I, Spike. You were? Yep. Okay. Spike, maybe turn your mic down a little bit. Okay. I'll I don't know it. if it's the speakers and your computer. It shouldn't be. I feel like it's me. No, it's not you. How about that? Is it better? Let me see. 
No. There's never a show no. that we have that is not without some sort of audio ah! Um Those of you who are in the in the chat room, is it? Yeah, it's at the hub. Uh, the game is up. Spike's better. Someone gives Spike a beak. Chris, you're on fire tonight. <laughs> Chris obviously got some extra sleep over this vacation. Were they getting the it, feedback? The jokes. Were they getting the feedback? Yeah, they were getting it too. But it's, about, oh, it sounds better now. It sounds better. Yeah, I don't hear myself when you're speaking. We should have a Chinese auction for these awesome mics you were using. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just oh. took out my plug and put Man. it back in. Who knows? All right, good. Maybe that was it. All right, so it looks like we're good. They're not hearing the feedback. I don't hear myself anymore, so that's a good plan. I'm so sorry, everybody. It's like one thing. You know, I think it's Jessica Johnson who actually. Good. I think Jessica definitely did that. Jessica did it. Poor Jess. Oh, if you guys haven't been following the principal chat um, hashtag this week, you have to go back and read it because it's been hysterical. <laughs> they're like, they're, they're the whole time. It's like these these sentences that start and they just stop, or there are some dot dot dots at the end. And a lot of you have have participated in some of them. They're hysterical. So if you haven't been a part of that fun joke, and Jess is in on it too, so she's you know she's been a good sport about the whole thing, but you've got to go back and search the has hashtag principal cast and just look at some of the ridiculousness that's gone on this week. This Please tweet at Principal J and tell her something and then just stop. She really <laughs> likes to get those types of tweets. <laughs> She'll respond back. It'll be funny. <laughs> So Teresa, why don't we go into our uh, topic this week, which is Let's do. Com communicating effectively with staff. All right. So this is kind of, as we were looking at what to do this week, because we figured it would kind of be a lighter crowd of people, given that it is the end of a holiday weekend for the United States. Um, I don't know if we have a whole lot of Canadian listeners or if they are here on, that's right, it's a clutch topic, exactly. <laughs> we figured we would uh, we would jump back on to kind of where our conversation was leading last week um, and effective communication with the staff because we, we had a lot of... Um, a lot of good information. We had a, a lot, a really good conversation going, but given the time restraints, we kind of uh, dropped it and and just finished up our our show. So we figured we'd go ahead and start. <laughs> Craig just give a principal out, and she's secretly following Principal Cast on Twitter, but she's missing it live for Full House. So everybody, make sure that you tweet Jessica on the Principal Cast hashtag, Principal Cast hashtag, because she is following along. Um, so we thought we'd do this and then maybe dig in a little bit. There's been a lot of communication in my part of um, the world with uh, um, with learning management systems, things like Edmodo and um, Haiku Learning and things like that. And so we figured we would do a little bit on communicating effectively with staff and maybe how learning management fits into that. Um, and what you do with your school, if it's a full school thing, if it's just little by little, et cetera, et cetera. So Spike, why don't you go ahead and go first and talk about um, talk about what your effective, you know, we, we kind of touched on it last week about your effective communication with the staff with our blogs and your Bacon Weekly and how you, you know, how we do those. But kind of go into a little bit more about your effective communication. Okay, well, when I was thinking about this week's show, I went back through a blog that I wrote back in June, and it came to me because I made a comment to one of my teachers about being translucent, 
right? Okay. So we started having this this odd conversation about translucents, and I said, uh, I'm just trying to be a translucent leader, and he said, well, do you know that there's still some sort of blockage when you have translucents? And I'm like, oh, I was talking about transparent. So I went right. back through, and I went, and I'm like, ah, oh, he was exactly right. So of course I. I ended up blogging about it. So I talked about like leadership decisions and making sure like when you're looking at how you lead a building. So that's what I want to we'll start with tonight like the overall picture because when you talk about communication with staff, I feel like they really do fall into a couple different categories. So the first one that I thought was is opaque, you know, you have the the principal who doesn't really communicate much. It can be, you know, obviously it's a lonely place. So you know, you have to make decisions, and not everybody's going to know, you know, why you made those decisions. Right. Unfortunately, opaque leaders get, you know, a bad rap a lot of times because they, of course, are not necessarily communicating. Right. They seem untrustworthy, unapproachable. Right. You know, and I kind of just ask that question. Is that how you want to be viewed? And then there's translucent, which those are the leaders that have a tendency, they want to be an open book, but they may have difficulty being truly open with everybody. Okay. So, you know, they could be fearing being criticized or questions, and it's hard to make those decisions and then communicate. And then you have the transparent leaders who, you know, basically they're going to say, I am going to just wear it all on my sleeve. So right. that would actually be my first question. It's like, we look at communication you know where where would you fall like if I were to ask you that like are so you're opaque translucent or transparent um, I would say I'm I'm just about as completely transparent as you can get and I think it's been easy to do that um, this year because everyone is new not everyone but the majority of our building is new including myself so it kinda gives me the opportunity to go in and just be me. You know, I don't have to worry about anybody thinking that I'm hiding something or and that was a big problem with the with the administration that they had last year was that they there were so many changes going through so many different administrators that they didn't they felt like they never knew what was going on. And so when I was brought in, it was because um, it it needed they needed to have someone that they could trust. And so, like Craig is, or Chris says, it's transparency. Transparency seems difficult to achieve as an administrator, and it can be. But I think the um, the the thing that you have to watch for is, um, you know, you can, I I always tell them, I, I will look at them and I will say, I can tell you, I will tell you everything that you need to know, and that I can tell you. But there might be things that really don't affect you that don't have a place in this conversation. See, so as, as a teacher, I always feel like there's something leadership is keeping from us. And I always felt like mm -hmm. that too. Yeah. I always felt like there was some sort of like a secret that I didn't know about. Or like, you know, you're always wondering what the master plan is. You know, like what, like, and we've had this conversation too in some of our boxes where people, you know, we're, we're talking about something and someone will say, well, you know, what do you think that really means? Or do you think that they're saying this because of this? Or do you think that they're saying this because of that? But I think if you can get, if you can be open and you can share what you can share with them and let them know that there might be something that you can't share, but it's nothing that, um, it's nothing that's going to affect you. You know, obviously there's always stuff going on in the background. 
but it, it may not have anything to do with them. Yeah, I mean, I I would say in, in the time that I've known you, and especially with you, you know, being you know first year principal, you know, on social media doing a podcast, I would say you're pretty transparent because yeah. if I mean, anyone, you know what I mean? Like if yeah. anyone wanted to know about you, you'd say you put that they out there. It. So I, I wonder <laughs> right. if, if social media adds to, you know, transparency, uh, you know, the day-to-day -day things. You know, I always would, would wonder about like, you know, if, if you were to talk to somebody who maybe you follow or enjoy reading their blogs and something like that on social media, I think we may have talked about this before, and then getting to their school and then asking around and saying, like, you know, is it really like this or is it is it really like that? And I think right. the most transparent leaders, it would be like a filter. Like, I would go into your school. They would be laughing about that tree incident just like everybody else did, you know, where the right. thing <laughs> fell down on your, you know. Right. Because it just seems like that's the kind of leader you are, you know, like you're you're going to be that open book and that's probably why you're at the position that you are because right. they, they wanted that, they needed that. And yeah. like you said, when you work for people who aren't necessary like that, like I reflect back on some of the leaders that I've worked for in different capacities and I would say that some of them were pretty opaque, you know, you just didn't, you never really knew what was going on. It was one of those like sort of old school top down you know, managerial right. type of uh, right. environments, and then you work with some people who, like you said, can tell you as much as they can tell you, uh, or that are just the open book. And I wonder, you know, as we we move forward, I mean, that's what we want more from teachers. So Absolutely. I guess as as administrators, we're going to have to to yeah, you have to model it. What's what what are they saying out there as far as it, are they? The chat room is talking about. Um, you know, pretty much um, what we're saying about how it's, um, it is hard to share things, everything with us in a school setting, parents, students, staff, Craig, Craig says, but you know what, Craig, I found, and in all honesty, the people just want to be heard. Um, and I think that that was definitely missing in, in my building. And so the first, literally from July 15th, when I walked into that building until about three weeks ago, I either had teachers or staff or, or staff or parents or um, community members in my office just wanting to talk. They wanted to hear what they felt like last year. They wanted to know that you know they're a part of this, they're a part of the community and they feel that they should be comfortable. Um, and, and it took a lot of literal face-to-face -face talking. But now it's better because People don't feel like they need to come and um, they need to come and and talk about every little thing because they know that it's getting taken care of. I think before, I think a lack of transparency breeds paranoia. Yes. Yes. And if you can, if you can nip that and make them understand that that there is no bigger picture. I'm telling you exactly what is happening here. Um, that helps a lot. Um, Chris says that it's a fresh approach and it should be the standard. Um, Simon says sometimes striving for transparency is tough because some people take advantage of your transparency. Oh, that's such a good point, Simon. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly what I was going to lead into because I I find myself I try to be as transparent as possible. So I will do things and talk to people about things, you know, just to try to be you know more that open book or put things in emails or in our blog that may not always be. The right. best representation of our school, of but it's it's all in honesty, and sure enough, everyone—not everyone—but there will be people that will question it, and I will say, look, 
don't you think I'm being honest with you? I'm honest with you about everything else. Right, right. There's nothing, yeah, there's there's no reason for me. So I always tell everybody, is if they question it, I just say there's no reason for me to be lying to you. There's no reason. It wouldn't help anything. There's nothing that would that would benefit from me not telling you the truth. And they know that if there's something that I can't tell them, I will tell them that there is something that I, you know, it I we can't have this conversation or I can't go into it or but they know they know that it's a safe and and I would rather to be completely honest and and we've talked about this in our boxing as well. I would rather they come to me with all of the little um, questions and paranoias and anything, and I, I don't use paranoia in a in a bad way, but it's you know it's just something in there that is bothering them, something that's making them concerned. I'd rather they come to me because our school is very small, and if they don't come to me with it, they go to somebody else with it, and then it just breeds and breeds and breeds, and then yeah. it's a huge issue over something that really wasn't that important anyway. Exactly, and I think that working towards transparency because I do look at it as like a spectrum. Right. It's really difficult. I mean, you really have to be able to, you know, put the work in and right. answer the questions and have the conversations and do the social media stuff. Because if not, you're, it's almost just easier not to do those things. And I can see why right. some people still don't want to do that. You know, they don't, they want to work from, you know, this time to this time. They don't want to be bothered and, you yeah. know, they don't feel like people need to know everything. Right. And you know what? To be fair, our jobs would be a lot easier. I agree. You know, it really would be. In in the in the moment, they would be much easier. In the long run, this is the way to do it. I, agree. I really think so. Yeah. Um, a lot of good stuff happening in the in the chat room. So I want to jump out for a second. Sure. But, um, Adam Clark says he had to tell a teacher once we are educating children. It's not a cloak and dagger. I communicate as often as possible. It's huge. Wow, it's totally that's good. Huge. And it's a really, really good point. Um, I'm going to jump into the uh, into the chat room. So pardon my my breaks if it jumps. Well, um, jump in, but don't step on anybody when you jump in. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> like I'm not making any guarantees. Um, Chris Nessie says, if for for you and me, uh, what barriers have to be overcome for your superiors when you want to be transparent? I imagine your superiors might not be as current or as open to these things. That's a really good question. I think um, on my side of it. Um, when I when I had my first interview, remembering that I work for a parish school, um, my first interview, the question, one of the questions was, um, how do you feel about working with the school board? How do you feel about working with parents? And how do you feel about working with teachers? And I said, well, I have no problem. And they said, well, what happens when you are in a meeting with a teacher, when you're in a meeting with the school board, when you're in a meeting with a parent, what information do you share? And I said, I share the information that they need to know to feel comfortable that is necessary for them to know. I mean, that's really all it is. And mm -hmm. I think my superiors have been um, very open to that because they know, you know, I work for, I don't have a super, we, well, we do, the Archdiocese has a superintendent, but we have associate superintendents for our um, general areas. And my associate superintendent knows what this school went through last year. So I think if, you know, if I had told them that or if they had seen me be kind of hiding things, it, it wouldn't have gone well, and they know that. And as yeah. Simon says, sometimes small communities are the worst, and it's, it's true. In that, in that respect, it's very difficult. For me, my superintendent is 
can you know somebody I would call a connected superintendent. He understands the value of of blogging and tweeting and being on Facebook and things like that. Right. He is very supportive of what I do. So I think if if he was a little bit more on the opaque side, I don't know how much that would impact me as a leader. Even though I get a chance to run my own school, you do have to work within a system. So I think that's a right. really good question that they ask. But fortunately for me, I you know, he wants me to take chances. He wants me to innovate and you know, he's the kind of guy that's like to make an omelet, you got to crack a few eggs. He's okay with making mistakes and things like that. So I try to, you know, uphold that and keep it moving. And I I will tell you, I don't like working in environments where I feel like I'm micromanaged yeah, or yeah. I feel like the leadership is, is, is a cloak and dagger type of thing. I don't like that at all. Yeah, I, I agree. Craig, Craig said people don't type. <laughs> Principal Stayer's trying to read the chat. I appreciate that. You can go ahead and type again. Go ahead and type again, guys. She's getting better um, at this anyway. I am getting better at it. Um, so yeah, you guys can go ahead and, and, uh, and keep going. Um, but thank you for pausing for that second so that I could get through them all because there's just there's so much good stuff that goes on in this chat room and on the you know the back channel on the on the tweets that I yeah. really hate for them to not be discussed. I'm trying to to look at the tweets while you're doing in the yeah. uh, the chat room. Yeah, so any other better questions that are popping up from that in the no, okay. but I think what some of the moving into the next part of right. um, what we were going to talk about is um, Craig was saying earlier that he loves having multiple points of communication, emails, blogs, um, etc. And I had asked, you know, it's kind of, because for me, I'm the person who updates all of them. And right. I have, you know, we've got a blog, we have an app, we have the emails, we've got the website, um, there's a Twitter account for the students. So I'm the person that's in charge of all of that because I'm also like the tech director in the building. Right. So I had asked Craig, I said, well, you know, is it, for all of you, does it make more sense to have so many different places or are you, you know, you're constantly updating all of them? And he said a staff wiki might be an awesome thing because multiple people can contribute. I like that. I mean, he makes a good point and sometimes I struggle with this and it's, and it's not that many things, but I also, I take things for granted because I'm checking you know, I have a couple different email accounts. I have Facebook, Twitter, right. Instagram. I, I find it very easy in Google Plus to check all those right. things all the time. But it's not yeah. it's not the same for everybody. So we right. do, you know, our, our you know main mode of, of information is through the email with links to our, you know, our week, weekly blog. Right. So that everybody stays on, on the same page. Facebook is... You know, for those who are interested in it, it's there. And then Twitter, it's the same thing. So there are a lot of different things that you have to check in some people's mind. To me, I feel like we could be doing more. Like I know you had talked about in, in the Vox that we should get into tonight was Edmodo. So we had restructured our faculty meetings. I talked about that last week mm -hmm. where we have the PLCs that are going on. So in order for the six PLCs to communicate with each other, we're either going to have to have another meeting or they're going to need to send me their notes and then I'm going to have to email them out. when. And we've talked about why don't we just put everything on Edmodo. Okay. So I think I gave you some crazy statistic that wasn't even accurate, but I said, you know, like 37% of my staff are on, on <laughs> Edmodo. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's some great data crunching. No, I totally made that up. But <laughs> I think that 
we have tried and tried for Edmodo, and we're just not there yet. So, right. I'm, and I'm and I have to be okay with that because in many ways we're we're moving forward with a lot of things. But the way that I hear, you know, Edmodo being used, this would per, it would be the perfect glue, right? Right. To right. bring everything together. Right. Like that graphic, that non-linguistic representation there. That was really good. And Simon said, uh, "47 percent of stats are made up." <laughs> <laughs> but they're 100 percent right the whole they're time. They're 100 percent right. That's right. Adam Adam Clark says he posts uh, PLC notes on School Loop. Adam, what is School Loop? School Loop. I don't know what that Please, is. Yeah, if he can tweet that out to uh, Principal Cass, I'd love yeah, to uh, yeah, look into that. Yeah, if you can that. tweet that out, that'd be awesome. Um, and Craig says that uh, their whole staff is registered on Edmodo at the same time, but he thinks that very few use it. Um, and that's my fear. I mean, we've we've done workshops on it. We've you know we've we've tried to do grassroots stuff. And I'll tell you what, most of my staff, I told like, well over. 75% of my staff are on some sort of social media. Right. So right. I really can't complain when, when there's other staff that, that you know, are, are not there. So Edmodo has been this, this, been this blockage. I, yeah. I don't know what it is. You know what? And here's what I think it is. And I'll, um, I'm going to jump in the chat room and then I'll say that. But Simon says they thought of using School Loop as well. Um, Craig uses School Loop in their school. Um, Simon says they use Google Sites for all their web pages, blogs, wikis. Um, Craig said he was on board for Edmodo, and then the district came on board, and Chris says you can't lead a horse to water. Jeff also threw in that 100% of his kids are babies, which is totally true. Um, and thank you for that statistic, Jeff. <laughs> also 100% true 100% of the time. Um, I, I like how we're making database decisions tonight. I know. Isn't it great? I know. On completely unfounded data. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we are... Um, I, you know, I looked at Edmodo because I'm obviously... I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um... I enjoy the social media thing because I think there's so much value in it individually and as an organization. But Edmodo kind of stumps me. I'm not going to lie. It seems as though it's really simple. But I feel like if you have to have so many easy start guides and quick reference things, and it just, like I feel like I can't just jump in and do it. I feel like I need to know a whole lot more before I do. And that turns me off. Maybe that's part of it because you're right with a lot of the other social networks and I think you know one of the things that, that we need to do a better job is like say Pinterest. I mean right. those things have taken off because it doesn't take a lot. It's easy. It take a lot. It's easy. Right. And I think you're right, Teresa. There's a great benefit to Edmodo and I'll be honest with you, there's a couple teachers that are on it, like the 37% that I talked about. They're connecting <laughs> with other educators. They're doing projects in other states. It's really super cool. And it's the last thing that I go to. So maybe if I started to do more on Edmodo and I tried to play around with it a little, little bit more, maybe it would do better uh, in the in the in the staff. But right now, I'm I'm struggling with it myself. Yeah, it's oh, and here oh, good. Chris made another comment too. He said he likes Edmodo, but he also needs to speak up about Schoology. And I'm glad that you said that because I had um, my Apple rep came in. Um, this week when I was working with the iPads and he was showing me schoolology, schoolology or schoolology, however you say it, and also um, uh, haiku learning because those are really taking off out here. The difference between those and Edmodo is that to get the same, um, to get the same information and, and the same schoolology, thank you, schoology, got it, thank you, <laughs> this fanatic always helps. Um, 
to be able to get the same functions that you can get for Edmodo for free, uh, you, used, you used to have to pay for them, or you do have to pay for them, things like the annotating of assignments and um, etc. But there's, there's a ton going on in here now. Um, Craig says he likes the value of using Edmodo with the kids, and that's kind of what I look like too, because I think for kids it's probably not as difficult as it is for us, because we're trying right. to figure it out, and they just know how to do things. Um, Simon Miller says um, he likes the social media or social network LMS mash match up, mash up in a way like um, with Edmodo. Chris said I can't break it, so I, can, I should play around with it. Um, but Edmodo is, like Peggy says, much more of a walled garden, and some schools prefer that, and it's true. Um, and I know school school Schoology and Haiku Learning are both very um, are both very walled. Um, school Schoology, I can't. I'm gonna have trouble with this all the whole show. Schoology is more sophisticated. Um, I feel like well, still simple to use. Okay. And then Edmodo has an app, and they have an iPad app. Edmodo has their stuff paid for in advertising and in. Um, in uh, what are those called? The apps inside it. Right. Um, Jeff said he's done shows with both Schoology and Edmodo. Um, just, I mean, they're they're all so useful. And I don't know if Edmodo is more useful because there are more people on it and because they've kind of worked out the bugs. I know Haiku Learning is getting to be a huge one out here, but they just had some sort of a firewall issue. Um, and I don't, I don't know all of it. I just, I was just reading about it. I mean, it's fine. It's stable now. Mm -hmm. But you know, there, I, I almost feel like, like you want to go to something that's already been um, tested. Yeah, and it's been vetted through. And yeah. and I think Edmodo is that. And I, and I just, right. like I said, I just struggle though when I have teachers that are saying, well, look, I have. You know, forty-minute prep during the day. I have my lunch, right. and you know, you know, from their point of view, it's like I'm checking your blog, I'm checking the email, and there's a lot of things that are going on right. there. So there's a lot of things that I have to do. Then I have to call parents, and they just see it as another, you know, another avenue. When in all reality, it would help them in the long run to be able right. to just get into it, utilize it, and yeah. Perhaps do it when they got at home. I don't know. I mean, right. I think I think it's one of those things because my my ultimate goal is to choose one of these things because we're doing the one on one iPad. So it really makes sense to have some sort of a learning management system because we're going to have the technology to be able to do it. Um, my hope is to be able to do um, something with the staff, and I've created like PLC communities within Edmodo. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, in our group, so that they have their own small groups in there, and just to be able to do a couple things, like some sort of a flipped classroom or some sort of a blended learning thing, where showing them, you know, during and before the staff meetings what they could do with it, so that they start getting ideas of how it could actually help. Because realistically, it is at the beginning going to be more difficult. There's no way around that. But in the end, it will end up being better. And like Craig says, no doubt, if it's too many things to check, it could be a turnoff. But you know what? If we have Edmodo, I don't know that I need a blog. That's true. I don't know if I need to send out emails because I'm going to be sending out, you know, I can be pinging people through the tool. So I, I, I almost think it's taking, it's taking all three of those big things, the wiki and the blog and all of this, and it's just pulling it all together into one place. You know, it's interesting. Uh, when I was 
thinking about this tonight, I came across uh, there's a Connective Principles post on uh, the seven top things teachers want from their principal by mm -hmm. Larry Fligman, and uh, I can tweet that out. Yeah, please do. So basically, what he was saying in here is they want you know they want practical support for the things that you know that you just talked about, you know, technology, the opportunity to do professional development, things like right. that, right. support with special education, teacher support, feedback and availability, and then communication. And that's one of the biggest parts here. He talks about having worked with uh, the principal, making sure that it's a collaborative, it bridges the gap, you know, between communication, yeah. uh, things like the Monday, Monday memo, uh, and, and email, and, and other things. So, it's out there in the sense of like what teachers really want, but I think it may ha it may come down to you get to what your teachers want, right. and then there's a that, so there's that so you, you got to understand their comfortability, and then you have to see how far you can push them. I right. think that's the most important thing. So if there are schools that are you know completely you know there there are schools that have a whole range of things they're completely one to one they're completely on Edmodo they're completely doing everything then there's other schools that aren't doing any of that stuff so right. so I, you know there's a whole hodgepodge of things that are going on i think you have to understand your school and and i've always un operated under the fact especially with any of this that i want buy in i want yes. volunteerism that kind of yep. thing as opposed to pushing it on them right right Absolutely, yeah. That's it. I mean, that's a huge deal because the the one thing that I hated, I hated, and I use that. I I rarely use that word. I absolutely despised when I was teaching, and we were told we had to do something. Right. Um, I and and ninety percent of the time, I probably would have done it on my own because I wanted to because it was a part of. You know, something I learned in Twitter on Twitter, something I would have done it on my own. But because, and I'm sure students are, our students are like that too. But because you you told me I was going to do it, now it's much less appealing. Yeah, and I think the buy-in is is extremely important. When I was talking last week about our staff meetings and how I eventually would like to make those all voluntary, and then right. they could just keep their own log of professional learning throughout the whole year and then at the end that would make that 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 culminating evaluation much better because it's like right. okay so you had you know 15 opportunities to do this how often did you do this you had you know and then right. kind of put it back you know as Todd Whitaker says shift the monkey back because right. there's a lot of things that we do that are completely voluntary right now all oh, of yeah. us in this we are developing professional development uh, you know, it, it's sort of like I'm being selfish with my learning here because I want to learn from you. I want to learn from Jess and Jeff right. and everybody who listens and tweets out to us because I I think it's really cool. So I want to I want teachers to do that. Yeah, I agree. I th I think that I mean 100%. The staff meetings are, and that's I mean that's the easiest way I think to gauge. It's the most visible way to gauge volunteerism. Is is whether or not we're attending staff meetings, if you don't have to, you know, are they getting enough out of your staff meetings to spend that extra hour? That's a great question. I mean, what's the real value, and what's the value right. of of the blog that I do? What's the value of the emails right. that I send out? 
I always have to ask myself that question. Yeah. I know that it's telling our story, and I know that it's important for everyone to to be there. And I felt like, you know, when in going in that direction, I did push them a little bit. And maybe it is time to to kind of continue to push on a little bit more. But I also don't want to be one of those that, you know, just goes so far that I leave everybody behind. You know, because oh, there's so many cool things out here. Like, you know, Chris and Nessie just uh, tweeted out uh, selling me. Um, you know, we're hearing, you know, a lot of different things about, you know, the different opportunities, you know, like you said, school loop or, right. uh, or as you like to say, school logy, <laughs> school logy. <laughs> you know, so right yeah. now, what am I going to do after we get done? I'm going to go through, I'm going to look at these kind of things and I'm going to, you know, ask around because I think that's important because I always want to try to be on, you know, the cutting edge with things. But there's many people right now that, you know, checking their email tomorrow is going to be right. a big thing. Right. That's right. That's right. And it's it's hard to remember that sometimes. But if you are so far ahead of where your staff is, you can't lead them if they're not close enough to follow you. That's true. <laughs> then you're like two completely, you're on completely different planes, and that doesn't help anybody. Then you're not the leader of the school. You're just the person doing the paperwork. And I think you're right because then it gets back to that, that – uh, thing that we talked about in the beginning, you know, as far as like what type of leadership do you want to have? And, right. and, and that really comes into how do you want to communicate? That's true. You know, so uh, because I think it also can be, it could polarize the staff a little bit. I found that a little bit last year where it was those staff who jumped on and were doing blogging and I was highlighting them and they were on social media and then those who didn't it was like well Spike's favorites are the ones that are on social media or to get into the club you have to get on social media and it's yeah. like ah, oh, you couldn't be further from the truth right. because if you realize what they were doing um, it, it just makes it makes your life that much easier yeah, it's true. Think about the kids. I mean, we we go through this with, with my kids all the time, and I always have this struggle because my daughter is five and my son is four, and one of them is awake right now. And I always feel like, because my daughter always does everything the first time because she wants to do it, because she loves to do it, and my son is just following along. And sometimes I feel like we're praising her so much that he's acting out. Because, right. because he's not he's doing what he does. That's who he is, and that's what he does. And so you have to, you know you've got your teachers who are doing what they do and they're doing it well, but then they're going to stop wanting to do it well or not caring whether or not they're doing it well in your eyes because you're only focused on the people who are doing what you want them to do. Well, and I think that's what, what Todd talked about a few weeks yeah. ago. It's like you know you make your decision based on your best people. So yeah. when I look at you know, it, 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 I mean, it happens though when you're you're looking to bring in somebody from the outside. Who are you? Right. You know, are you going to go with somebody who you know you can throw them anything to do, and they're going to do it, and they're there, and they're working hard for you? Is that your favorite? Well, if they're the person who's you know understanding my communication, understanding you know where we want this to go, then right. then I guess it is. You know, it's just like if you're a teacher in class, you know, you are going to have those kids who are, you know right along with what you're doing. So yeah. it's it's a real interesting conversation. I think the communication piece, you know, I think when you think about it, it's like, okay, so what do we do? Do we do email? Do we do memos? Do we do Friday? Do we Monday? It's so yeah. much more to it. I don't, And we didn't even get to that part. 
Right. You know? That ought to I be mean, the part we're, three. Exactly. But I think this is the most important part is like right. how valuable is it? How va you know, what like yeah. you said, I think was really interesting, you know, what would, would they want to come if they weren't if they weren't mandated to come, you know, would they want to come? Or if they're not mandated to open up your email or right. check the would blog. They do it anyway? Would they do it anyway? And that's I think that was a great question that I, I'm gonna reflect on now. Yeah, it's 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 one that, you know, because realistically when you were a teacher, you know, did you think about the things, you know, and that's everybody who's who's in the position that we're that we're in right now. You know, would you have gone to your staff meetings? Did they hold enough value to you that you would attend them even if you didn't have to? Ours were before school. So would I get there the extra hour early? I don't know. Sometimes, yeah. probably. But That's a good question. I don't know. You know, it's and and for us, we get out of school at three thirty, so I'm keeping them until quarter to five sometimes. And now this Ooh. time of the year, it's dark. Right. You know, is it worth it for them to miss the rest of their daylight? It's a good question. I That's why you know I heard you earlier. You said nine o'clock, like the new. <laughs> it feels two like in the it's the middle of the night, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. It gets dark at like four thirty. Five five hours later, we're doing the podcast. Right. That's <laughs> like, awesome. What? <laughs> we have all of our Christmas decorations in the last two hours. I saw that. Ready to turn the lights down. <laughs> Things are looking really good. Oh, thank you. Do you like that? We were looking I for do. a fireplace, a fireplace channel on the TV to get the ambiance for the yes, podcast. Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's all do right. our people, our peeps to follow. Go ahead, you start, Spike. My peeps this week. Okay, so I had to dig on this one a little bit. I tried to think about somebody that we haven't highlighted that I haven't necessarily even interacted lately with him, but uh, just a really good, positive guy. He's a principal down in Delaware. His name is Principal L. On Twitter, he is at Principal underscore L. Uh, Salone Thomas L. is a, uh, you know, he, he's, he wrote a book. I'll be honest with you, I haven't read it, but I just love the title, Why I Choose to Stay. And it talked about how he, he throughout his, his uh, career, you know, working with inner city uh, kids, and now he's at a charter school down in, in Delaware doing some really cool things. He's a speaker, author, writer. So really good guy, and uh, just wanted to give him a shout out. That's a very cool one. I'm looking, ooh, I found it. I was looking for his... Um for his book, and I found it. So let you me tweet it. it out. I did on Amazon. And actually, you know why I really like him? I'm going to tell you this. So one day when I was on Twitter, he put out a rap, and he didn't say who it was, but he just put it out there. And it was some old-school Boogie Down Productions. I don't know if you've ever listened to them, but I love Boogie Down Productions. So I tweeted back to him, like, the re that, that next second or third, you know, line, and we were kind of going back and forth on it. I was like, wow, this guy's really cool. So that's, that's, that's awesome. the other thing I think is really cool. He likes old-school hip-hop. That is very cool. Well, I just tweeted out the, uh, the link to his book. So make very sure to cool. give that a look if that is something, uh, for those of you who are listening, something that... Uh, sounds like it would be something you want to read, which I, I actually looked for it because I think I'm going to get it. That sounds pretty cool. Um, my person to hang out this week is actually not a person, but it is a group of people. Wow. And on Twitter, it is um, at M-A-C-U-L, which is the uh, Michigan Association for Computer Users in Learning. Um, and 
the uh, the association puts on every year a conference. It's either in Detroit or it's in Grand Rapids. They switch back and forth on the east side of the state and the west side of the state. Uh -huh. And actually, uh, Mr. Todd, um, uh, oh gosh, my brain's not working. Whitaker? Todd, um, no, Todd Nelson oh. Neslany is speaking at it this year. He's coming in to do um, a little bit, and it's in Grand Rapids. It's in the first week of March. But there are they have a lot of really good resources that they tweet out when the okay. conference is not happening, and when it is happening, it's crazy. So um, it's it's a good one to have, and they've really started. Um, they're starting to kind of push everything for the conference. So I think that it's definitely a good one to uh, to send out there. That's awesome. I just followed mm -hmm. them, and I will. Uh, well, I will tweet out that you just mentioned them, and uh, that's the Michigan Association for Computer Users in Learning. We yes. Educators with Technology. That's really cool. That's right, yeah. And you know what's even cooler about it is that was one of the only conferences that I went to as a music teacher that was with all the other real teachers. Jeff will appreciate oh, I'm sure go. he's gotten that more than once. <laughs> there, <laughs> that they had, um, I know, Craig, I stink at, at pronouncing names. Get it. So thank you. Um, but um, oh, at Tech Ninja Todd, there you go. That's probably what everybody will remember him as at Tech Ninja Todd. Um, but uh, that was the one place that I felt like like we were in the same place, you know? Because oh. like when you know we go, and, and it's any specialist teacher when you go and you're talking about um, sometimes RTI or you're talking about um, I don't know, like glicks or you know, just things like that that happen in, in a yeah, you know, like happen yeah. in a normal classroom that you're not that you're not constantly involved in. It makes it really uncomfortable because you feel like you have no idea what's happening. But um, McCall's not like that. It's it's very cool the way that they integrate everybody and everyone. So a great organization, and uh, I think I will be attending the conference this year. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Give them a shout out. That's yeah, very cool. Sure. And and I think one day we are going to have to tackle that special area. I mean, we vox about it for weeks, yeah. if I remember correctly. But one of those for the future, uh, the special teachers versus the core instructional teachers. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and what that that whole thing is like. Yeah, it's uh, quite a. It, it will get quite of uh, a lot of interest, I think. Jeff says it's because music teachers are special teachers, <laughs> and they produce edu triplets. <laughs> they are special. They are special. They are special. Um, I'm looking to see if there's anything that I missed in the uh, in the room. There's just a lot in the chat room. A lot of talking about um, pushback. Um, Staff meetings supposed to provide meaningful things to individual teachers. What about being there to contribute to conversations about important school cultures? See a lot, a lot of good stuff in here, and I think that there there may just need to be a number three to this conversation because you mean uh, like the trilogy? It's strong. The trilogy, but the then we trilogy. have to do like a prequel, don't we? Well, you never know. That's the way they did it with Star Wars. They did three <laughs> in the middle, and then they did three. So if, if we do our trilogy, if we do our trilogy, and then we do the prequels, can we pull in those like the two missing episodes and just call those, just call those like pre one and pre two? And we call could, it yeah, we could. <laughs> and then we could do like number seven, eight, nine. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. I just don't know if I'll if I'll have the beard by then, but they'll know that this is they'll part know. of the middle, the middle <laughs> trilogy. <laughs> that's right. So. 
just to wrap up, thank you for everyone who was here today. And once again, I love the chat room. You guys are, oh, we got a plus one for the Star Wars reference. Dig it. Nice. Um, thanks. Thanks, Simon. Uh, you can find Spike, Dr. Spike Cook at uh, drspikecook.com and at drspikecook on Twitter. You can find Jessica at www.principalj.net or at principalj. You can also find... Principal J on the Amazon bookstore because Principal J, if she's still listening, yes. has published a book and it is, let me see if I can find it. It a, is about Minecraft, if I believe, if I remember it, correctly. It is. It's about Minecraft. It's uh, yeah. Find that, uh, Teresa, because uh, you know what? Yeah. We spent all this time with her. I know, and nobody and knew. Not even a peep. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, it's not a big deal. Everybody can do an, an Amazon." book and I was like no 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 that is a big deal because I know she was working on something else and she had talked about working yeah. on something else and but we're finding all these things out she's like an onion we keep getting the different layers because she <laughs> she does stuff for ASCD and she's reading and writing all the time that yeah. young lady even though she can't finish a tweet she can sure <laughs> write a book <laughs> Absolutely, she can. And please, please make sure to uh, follow TeacherCast at, at TeacherCast on Twitter and TeacherCast.net slash YouTube. And if you didn't know by all of the tweets that we sent out this week, Principal Cast is up on the uh, great new, I'm going to mess up the title of this, but new uh, podcasts to follow. What is that? What was it? What's it called? New and website? Noteworthy. Can the you... New and Noteworthy. That's so, crazy. I know. It's Awesome, and we're we are so super excited. If those of you who are listening could go ahead and give it a review in the App Store, that would be amazing. If you could give it a quick a quick iTunes review, we would be extremely grateful. There's an audio version and a video version, and they are both up there on the Tap New Podcast. So good stuff. So I think we are going to. Oh, thank you, Peggy. Yes, we're very excited. Um, so I think we're going to turn it over to Mr. Jeffrey Bradbury to take us out.